So today we're beginning this new series called The Good Life. And uh, what we're doing is comparing what we think the good life is to what God thinks the good life is. And so I want to start by uh, asking you a question this morning. If you were to post a picture on social media and had the caption that said, Ah, the good life, hashtag blessed, what would that picture be? What would that look like? Maybe for some of us, it would be a picture of, of uh, you laying on a big pile of money. And you, you post a picture on, on social media. Ah, the good life. Hashtag blessed. Uh, maybe for some other of us, uh, it would be a, a big family vacation. And uh, it, it, maybe you're at the beach. And the picture's from behind you and your spouse as you're sitting in some beach chairs. And between your heads, you can see your kids playing on the beach. No work. No to-do lists, no phones. Ah, the good life. Hashtag blessed. Maybe for uh, others of us, it's just having all of our family at Christmas time. Just in the house. Maybe not even gifts, just eating dinner together. Maybe that's the good life. Uh, Maybe for some of us, it's traveling. We want to see everything that this world has to offer. So we get a picture by the Eiffel Tower, by the Statue of Liberty, by the pyramids in Egypt, and uh, we post that on social media. Ah, the good life. If you were to ask me what my picture would look like, uh, it it would be uh, me and Ann, summer evening, living in a lake house. I'm out on the pier fishing. Uh, Ann's up on... Uh, the patio, reading her book uh, until I catch big fish after big fish. And then with each fish I bring in, she jumps loudly and excitedly and cheers. <laughs> and so uh, if, if you can see this picture, I've got this big fish in my hand and i got a big smile on my face looking at Ann and she's in the air with both fists in the air jumping. That's what I would post on social media and say, ah, the good life, hashtag blessed. <laughs> I don't think it matters who you ask. I think for all of us, the good life entails something about us. We receive something. We get something. We gather enough to enjoy life. But what would God post? If God were to post a picture onto social media and say, ah, the good life, hashtag blessed, what would that look like? Thankfully, we don't really have to guess because God lets us know what his heart is all about. The Apostle Paul, the greatest missionary of all time, he quotes Jesus, who is God, uh, in his speech to the, uh, the church in Ephesian, in Ephesus. To the Christians, and the letter is Ephesians. <laughs> to the Christians living in Ephesus, and uh, it's his last visit to the Christians there. Uh, and he's in the middle of a speech, and he quotes Jesus. And here's what he says. In everything I did, I showed you by the, this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Blessed, the Greek word makarioi, uh, it, it means happy in the circumstances that you're in. 
And so God says, it's more happy to give than to receive. And so if God were to put a, a picture on social media that said, ah, the good life, hashtag bless, it would be a picture of Him giving. Of Him being generous. Huh. Do you see the problem? What I consider the good life and what God considers the good life are on opposite ends of the spectrum. I want to gain and gain and gain so I can enjoy myself. God wants to give and give and give so others can enjoy themselves. And so what happens when when God's attitude and my attitude don't line up? God doesn't have to change, right? I have to. God is holy and perfect. His Word is perfect. And so let's dig into His Word this morning and and let the Holy Spirit work on our hearts to change our attitudes about the good life. And so today we're going to look at where the heart of generosity comes from and where the good life comes from. And so that's your first point this morning, is the good life flows from a heart of generosity. The good life flows from a heart of of generosity. King Solomon was King David's son. David lived around 1000 BC. He he ruled over the Israelites, the Jewish people. His son Solomon uh, ruled after him around 950 BC. And during King Solomon's reign, they built God's temple. Uh, In fact, it was called Solomon's temple because Solomon was the orchestrator, the architect, the designer of it. And at the dedication of the temple, uh, Solomon says this very long prayer. It's like two chapters long. It is long. And in the midst of this prayer, here's what Solomon says. But who am I? And who are my people? That we should be able to give as generously as this. Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. So in order to make the the temple uh, possible to build, uh, all the Israelites had to give and give generously to make the temple happen. Uh, And they gave so much that everything inside the temple was coated with gold. And most things were made completely of gold. But you walk in, the walls, coated with gold. The altar, gold. The basins, gold. Uh, Everything was coated with gold. That's how generously the Israelites gave. And what did Solomon realize? He says, everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. And he's completely humble, isn't he? He says, "Who, who am I and who are my people that we should give as generously as this? How have you given us this much stuff that we can give back and we can be generous with? Because everything comes from you, Lord. And that's true for us too, right? Everything that we have in life comes from God. Yes, we work and we bring in income. Yes, we can work overtime to gain more income. Uh, But where does the ability to work come from? It's God, right? He gives us our smarts. 
He gives us our talents and abilities to carry out our career. He makes our career uh, or uh, our business successful so that we can continue to make money. And then when we make money, we can purchase things like homes, we can purchase things like cars and phones, uh, and they're good. It's not like we live in shacks or anything like that. Uh, God richly blesses all of us, and He continues to generously pour out His blessings on us. As we get that money, we can then go to the grocery store, right, and get food. But God's in control of that too, isn't He? If He doesn't send rain, crops don't grow. Crops don't grow, cows don't eat. We don't have beef. We don't have fruits. We don't have vegetables. Everything comes from God. Tomorrow, and we pray this doesn't happen, but tomorrow, God could take our health, right? And we could be in the hospital for a long period of time. We could get fired. Uh, we lose our job. We don't have an income. We've got to sell our house. We've got to sell our cars. And you can see how this just keeps progressing. Tomorrow, God could start a drought. And we don't have rain for who knows how long. And we don't have food. Everything we have comes from God's generous hands. His heart is so generous, He says, I want to give and give and give. And so as you go home today, and as you uh, look around your house, you see your kids and your family, and you realize how generous God has been to you, remember that these are just things. The most generous gift from God is His Son, Jesus. The Apostle John was a good friend of Jesus. John was the youngest of all the disciples. And, and so he viewed Jesus as kind of uh, that mentor, best friend, slash father figure type guy. Uh, and so he was very close with Jesus. And he wrote a letter, uh, multiple letters in the New Testament. Uh, his first one is called 1 John. <laughs> and here's what he says in, in 1 John. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God generously loved and loves you and me that He sent His only Son into the world that we might live through Him. He sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Do you know what the word atoning means? It's a big word. You see it in the Bible a lot, and you kind of read over it, and you're like, wow, that, that's a big word. It probably means something significant, but I'm not sure what it is, right? Uh, atoning sacrifice. So, atoning base, atone basically means uh, compensation to make up for something, usually damages. Uh, to fix a situation. I give something, I do something to fix a situation. For instance, if you come over to my house, you park on the street, uh, and we're hanging out, we're having a good time, it become, it's getting towards dinner. You say, hey, let's order pizza. So we order pizza, 15 minutes later, I'm going to go pick it up. I back out of my driveway fast because uh, I'm a little late, and I want the pizza to be warm by the time I get home. Pull out, ram right into your car. 
bumper falls off, uh, completely destroy the, the headlight. Uh, yikes. I atone for my actions when I compensate you for the damage that I've done. That compensation I give you is me atoning, fixing the situation. Does that make sense? So, you and I, and everyone in the world, we have damaged our relationship with God. God says, be perfect. He says, be holy. Love me above everything else. And yet every single day, we damage our relationship with God. Every single day, I love me more than I love God when I do think and say things that go contrary to God's will. And so we've damaged this relationship. In the Bible, God compares our relationship with Him uh, as like a husband and wife. And He says, when you love others above me, you're cheating on me. That's what our relationship is like. We've damaged that relationship. And, and, and the bad thing about these damages is that we can't pay enough money to compensate. We can't live a good enough life to fix the damage that we've done. The compensation package is a perfect life and death for sins. And we can't and don't want to do that. One, we can't live a perfect life. Two, we don't want to die for our sins. And so what does God do? He generously gives us His Son. God says, I know you can't fix this. I know you can't atone for your sins. You can't compensate for this. And so I'm going to send my Son. I'm going to fix this. And that's what forgiveness is, isn't it? In forgiveness, uh, it's, forgiveness is never free. Forgiveness doesn't mean that God just turns a blind eye or sweeps things under the rug. In forgiveness, somebody absorbs the blow. And God says, I'm going to absorb the loss for you. And He sends His only Son to be that compensation. And Jesus was. He lived perfectly. Not as an example, but for you. And then He died on the cross to pay for each and every one of your sins. So that you are completely forgiven. There's a saying that goes like this. Jesus paid a debt He didn't owe. Because I owed a debt I couldn't pay. How true is that? Jesus was that atoning sacrifice for your sins so that all of the damages against God have been taken care of, paid for in full. And, and, and this generosity plays out every day in our lives. Did you sin yesterday? Of course. So did I. Have you sinned this morning? Of course. So did I. And God says, I forgive you. Jesus has paid for those damages. And He forgives, and He forgives, and He forgives. Never once will He say to you, hey, you've cashed in as much as you can. Uh, Maybe next time. He doesn't say, hey, you know what? You're not handling this forgiveness thing very well, so uh, not right now. No. 
He says, I forgive. I forgive. I forgive. You. You talk about the good life. How good is it to live a life where guilt has nothing, no, no control over you? Because as soon as you start to feel guilty, God says, I forgive you. Damage is taken care of. How good is it to live a life where you don't have to fear the future? Where you don't have to be anxious? Because God says, hey look, don't worry. I've generously given you my kingdom. When you die, you're going to come and live with me. Don't worry about it. How, how good is it to live a life where we know that uh, everything is going to be taken care of because we have a Heavenly Father who provides everything that we need and He wants to generously provide for us. Talk about the good life. God generously gives and gives and gives. And what does that do to us? It changes our hearts, right? We see how generous God has been to us and now we want to live like Him. And that's what John says. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. We love because He first loved us. Notice the chain of events here. God loves us. We go love others. It's not, we are generous to others, then God loves us. No. God's love first comes, touches our hearts, changes our hearts, and then we generously go and love others. And do you remember the promise that God told us earlier in our Scripture reading, 2 Corinthians? Here's what we read. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You will be enriched in every way. Again, that doesn't mean that we're going to be rich with money, but God is going to enrich us so that we can be generous on every single occasion. Wow. Wow. There's... <laughs> Boy, it's yellow, that's for sure. There's a, a, a big push right now, and there has been for, for quite some time, for electric cars. And the reason for that is because uh, people believe that there's only so much oil out there. And eventually, oil is going to dry, dry up. The pipelines are going to dry up. And then that means that our cars aren't going to be able to work. And how are we going to get around? Sometimes we, we can view God that way, right? Yes, God's generous right now. But who knows when the pipeline of generosity is going to stop. And so I, I better be a little reserved with the way I'm generous. Because God's only going to be so generous to me. And so we aren't generous all the time. But the thing about God is that He's eternal, right? He's never changing. And that means that His love and generosity, they're never going to go away. Because that's who God is. It will never dry up. And so as we are generous, God is going to continue to aid us so that we can be generous on every occasion. That means when someone wants to talk to you and you've got ten things to do on your to-do list, 
you can be generous with your time. Because God will find you the time to make up and finish your to-do list. That means that as somebody needs supplies, you can donate supplies to them and know that God's going to take care of your needs because He's going to enrich you on every occasion. That means that as the offering basket's going around, you can put your offering in and you can know 100% God is going to supply all I need for my bills. He's going to supply for my food. He's going to supply for my family's food. And I know it because He promises me that He is going to enrich me in every single situation so I can be generous. But how do I know? How do you know? Here's your second point. The good life flows from a heart of faith. From a heart of faith. It's sometimes hard to be generous because how can we know that God is going to continue to be generous from us to us? It all comes down to faith, right? In believing God's promises. And here's God's promise to you. He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also, along with Him, graciously give us all things? God has invested quite a bit in you. In you personally. He sent His own Son, Jesus, for you. To live and die for you. So that you can go to heaven and live with Him forever. That's quite the investment. And if He invested that much in you, He's not going to leave you to be bare. He's not going to leave you to, to uh, starve and, and uh, not fill you with everything you need for this life. He, didn't, he, spared, he did not spare His own Son for you. And He says, I want you to be like Me. I want you to live the good life and experience this. And so He's going to supply you with everything you need to be generous. Now we've got to be smart with it, right? We don't come to church uh, on one Sunday and give our, all of our life savings and our latest paycheck. Not when we have a family uh, to take care of. Because God has given you that blessing and you need to take care of your family. But, as we push ourselves a little more and a little more to be more and more generous... God is going to continue to supply us with everything we need. The good life is a generous life. That's what God tells us. Remember, He says it's more blessed to give than to receive. God has been so generous to all of us. He sent His only Son for us to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And so as you look about your life this week, as as you look in all aspects of your life, Uh, see how you can be generous this week. And as you do, may God bless you as you live a generous life and you experience a little bit of the good life. Amen. Please stand.